0: This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks.
1: Oh, good morning, Toronto. Good morning, Canada. Zucchino, Weeks, and Scully with a live two-hour GTC as we... It kind of popped our head up here in the middle of October. We've been off for a few weeks running some best-ofs as I have been on the road with the PGA Tour radio team Bob's been efforting for TSN as well as Adam, as we're already getting set for the Masters coming up in a few weeks. We're already starting to grind out Masters content as our Masters schedule is going to be insane. I don't think we're ever going to leave the air for about basically five, six days in a row. It's going to be a full-time, just constantly talking about Masters as you pull the string in our backs, basically, is what the Masters is turning into, and good, because people love Augusta and can't get enough. But with the PGA Tour being at Sherwood Country Club this week and Tiger Woods defending his Zozo Championship from last year, his 82nd PGA Tour victory, we thought we'd stick our heads in and give you a live GTC. And there's been a ton that has happened in the world of golf the last couple of weeks. Bob, it's crazy. I mean, like we take a couple of weeks off, literally, and you could do a six, seven hour show blindfolded with the amount of stories and and just. And some of it is off course. That is just as mind-boggling as some of the stuff we've seen on course. There's so much to talk about. And I guess first of all, how are you this morning?
2: Well, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I should uh, I should say to you uh, because of of what's happened last night. I should say, Yakshimej, <laughs> very happy uh, to be with you. You know, the release of the new Borat movie. So I just wanted to put that yeah. into uh, into context. But uh, yeah, it's been a crazy crazy few weeks and as you said off course on course uh equipment stories uh, covid stories great golf stories it's uh, it's a wild time at a time of year when we're usually sort of slowing things down and we've got three weeks left till we get to probably the biggest event of the year
1: all right before we get into it did you watch borat now you know that uh, yours truly and adam Adam and I were both watching Borat last night. Have you consumed Borat 2 yet? Have you seen the Giuliani scene?
2: I have not uh, had a chance to watch it yet. I had to uh, I had to stay close to the PGA Tour event last night because I was on SportsCenter Center later on, and uh, so. But tonight's viewing will be Borat.
1: Okay. <laughs> good. <laughs> it's, it is very, very good. You're gonna love it. Uh, absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. There are some multiple laugh out loud moments. I think I need to watch it again because uh, there were some times where I was laughing and I, and I missed the follow up joke. So yeah, I think I'm going to have to watch it again. So, um, crazy show. We will jump into the Zozo. We will hear from uh, Justin Thomas, who is uh, sitting on top of this leaderboard. Uh, and we also will hear from Tiger Woods, who had a bounce back Friday at Sherwood Country Club. But there are some things to talk about Tiger-wise that uh, I don't know what made the light bulb go off a little bit, Bob. And I'm gonna—I I certainly want want to hear your take on those. Um, I had the opportunity in the last few weeks uh, before I left for Vegas to visit Dantonia Park Golf Course. There are. There are some items going on with our city courses that we'd like to get you caught up with. I was there just to kind of do a piece on how important our city courses are, and my attachment to Dentonia Park and the city courses as where you know where I grew up playing golf. I know Bob, your first job in the golf industry was with the city courses, and also the things they do post golf season uh, to make those properties open and welcoming to um you know the non-golf community in months like November, December, January, February, March, etc. Uh, so we spoke with Goran Mitreski, who runs the City Golf Courses for the City of Toronto. We're going to run that interview for you. Uh, we're going to do Winner's Weird and What. We're going to have Stardom sit we got to get you caught up on our Golf Talk Canada master schedule because it's crazy. It's off the charts, so we'll get you caught up on that. But first, let us jump in to some news and headlines.
0: News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today.
1: All right, Bob. Uh, Off the top here, we had three kind of positive uh, COVID tests in the last couple weeks. Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau, and Adam Scott. I think the first thing that leaps out to me and why maybe some of these are getting a little bit more attention than some others is because of the size of the names here. These are all stars in the game of golf. These are all recognizable names to just casual sports fans and not necessarily just golf fans. So I think maybe I don't want to call it out of perspective, but for lack of a better term, maybe they got a little bit more attention than, than say, three previous positive tests. But I'm going to take the cup half full on this one, and I'm going to say that, hey, these tests, again, from what I've read, are positive tests from guys that were away from the tour, doing their own thing on their own time, and the tour can't control that. Am, am I looking at this wrong? Or are you looking at it the same way? What's your take?
2: Uh, yeah, more or less. I think, the. I think you know, uh... The guys all got tested at the golf tournament, but before they got to the golf course, if that makes sense, you know, they were like, like Dustin Johnson was in Vegas and felt crummy. So he went and got a test and positive. Um, We don't really know anything more about him. He was technically allowed to play this week because they have a 10 day quarantine situation there. Um, And then uh, Tony Fina was the one who came out and sort of talked about it and said what a rough ride it was for him. He really suffered, and he said, you know, he's a very active guy. He's got a big family. He's always playing golf. He's always exercising, but he was flat in his back for five days, Um, so it's no no laughing matter here, but you're right. I think the biggest part is that there's been no spread on the tour amongst tour players, caddies, officials, whatever. You see a lot of other sports where, you know, one or two people get it, and then there's nine people with it. I read a story last week about the uh, Yale hockey team where 18 of the 19 players had it. Wow, so, um, so it's uh, it's a good sign if there is such a good thing in this time with COVID that they've been able to keep it uh, keep it very limited, um, and the guys have all followed through and isolated and done all the stuff they're supposed to do. I mean, who wouldn't like isolating for ten days in Las Vegas with getting seventy five thousand dollars from the PGA Tour to do so? So that's <laughs> not a bad way to do it if you if you have to get if you have to isolate with COVID. That's not a bad way to do it.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because I think you know. The point I think that I would stress, and I, and, to, and to your point, is that they haven't let it in the dressing room. So yeah, so yeah, DJ is in Vegas, and he's being tested by the tour, but it's like bef- it's prior to opening the door to the bubble, so to speak. It's like they're catching it on the way in, and I think that's why they've been able to contain it. And, and again, I think they've done a fantastic job. Now, speaking of this, uh, a, a nice segue is we're going to have spectators at Bermuda and we're going to have spectators at Houston. And of course, that's the next couple of weeks prior to getting to Augusta. The Houston one to me, Bob, is more of the um, the one I'm paying attention to. And the reason I reason I say so is that Bermuda has very, very strict guidelines on how you can even enter the country. Uh, You've got to test negative. Uh, prior to even being allowed really into that country. And they've, they've had hardly any cases at all in Bermuda because um, they didn't want to open up. It's such a small island. You start getting, you know, a few dozen cases in Bermuda and that few dozen turns into a few thousand overnight. And that's not a big island. Next thing you know, probably everybody on the island has it. So they've been very tight on that. So having some spectators at Bermuda, not that big of a deal. Houston, different scenario. And some players like Phil Mickelson, have suggested, hmm, maybe I don't want to add this extra layer of risk right now with all due respect to Houston because you go to Houston to prep for Augusta, something goes wrong in the sense that you come in contact with it and all of a sudden you're out of the Masters field. How many players do you think are looking at this right now having second thoughts?
2: Uh, I'll bet you quite a few are. It's. It 's the old prevent defense, right I mean just right. if, if you don't if you 're not there you can 't get caught, and like you said, bermuda, you know boy lucky lucky for those people who live on an island, whether it 's Bermuda or Prince Edward Island or friends out there or somewhere like that, where you have a, you know New Zealand has done a great job, probably the best job of anyone shutting it all down, so I wouldn't be as worried there, but you're right i, I don't know what the situation is, how close fans can get to um to the players at Houston, uh I believe they're all being people are being tested, at just like even a temperature check or something before they come in. uh But but you're right. I, I think Phil has has a legitimate case to 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 make there that uh, maybe you just want to skip that week and sit up on the practice range instead.
1: Yeah, like if Houston was the week after Augusta, I think you know most and and, and you were yeah. committed to going to play wouldn't be a big deal. But you're going to sit out the Masters, probably not. We'll see. All right. Donald Trump news, Uh, regardless of what you think of him politically south of the border, he has a magnificent lineup of golf courses. This one surprised me, Bob. It it surprised me because, you know, if you followed the story of Trump International Scotland on the coast there in Aberdeen uh, in the northeast part of Scotland, um, there has been, although the golf course itself has been uh, celebrated in terms of how great a, a venue it is with the neighboring, uh, 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 what's the word on my community for uh, it's, it's been a bit of a, it's been a bit of a soap opera from day one shocked that they greenlit another Trump development. They're building another 18 holes at Trump international adjacent to the existing property. Did this surprise you? Did this got the rubber stamp and he's got the green light to start bulldozing and going ahead with another golf course?
2: It did to a certain extent. You know, this this was a very, the first course was a very, very contentious one. Lots of locals uh, opposed it. The the big thing they were saying was this was going to wreck the sand dunes. And the sand dunes are uh, natural, obviously... Uh, phenomenon out there. They, there were some some people who didn't want to sell their houses. Uh, I mean, it was a real contentious issue. And this, to me, doesn't really have so much to do with the guy who owns the golf course. This is uh, development versus environment. And this happens at a lot of places. I, I played golf... Uh, Maybe about a month ago now with Doug Carrick, and he said you wouldn't believe the number of golf courses that just get turned down because of environmental concerns, and and rightly so. You know that's probably a good thing that that that, that happens. You can't just keep digging it up, but uh, it's it's economics versus environment, and I guess uh, in this case out in Aberdeen, uh, the uh, the economics won.
1: Yeah, it won this time for sure. It's interesting because he also had issues in Ireland at Doonbeg, um with a snail that was native to the property that lived in the dunes. They wanted to change a few holes and make some development when he bought dune and uh, was told, uh, no, you can't touch those. You can't make the changes you want because of this snail that lives on the property. So I mean, it's a constant, but I, I'll tell you one thing. I played the original uh, Trump International there in Aberdeen. It is absolutely spectacular, so I do expect Another incredible 18-hole uh, layout there in Scotland. Okay, Kepka out of the top 10 in the world. Tyrrell Hatton in the top 10 now. Uh, one on the European tour, playing wonderfully. So he's in the top 10. Maybe a dark horse for Augusta. We'll get into that a little bit in the second half. Uh, big news out of Bryson DeChambeau. Do you see the social media post, Bob, uh, of him yeah. carrying it? <laughs> Who yeah. hasn't? Unbelievable. Carrying it over 400 yards uh, in practice right now. He is not actively on tour. He went home to do two things, gain more weight and experiment with longer shafts. He's now carrying it over 400 yards, and we have yet to get to the limit on shafts at 48 inches. Rory McIlroy experimenting with a longer shaft as well. Trust me, I followed him at Shadow Creek. Experiment going sideways. Rory looks awful. Bryson looks like he's turning into a bigger incredible Hulk. Where where you where do you think this is going? I think Bryson should stay on the path. I think Rory should get off it immediately.
2: Uh yeah, I think that there's a big chase now amongst a lot of top players. We've seen Phil trying to experiment with a 47 and a half inch driver. Uh he won the champions tour event and finished dead last in driving accuracy, which is <laughs> only 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 Phil can do that, right? Um, Bryson hit it over 400 yards. I did, carried it 400 yards, I should say. Yes. And I did see that there was a 20 mile an hour helping wind, um, which aided it just a touch, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's, it's an experiment. It's a science experiment. And, and I think it's going to work for some guys and it's not. And that's always been the case. There have always been long hitters and short hitters. And I, when someone says to me, well, everyone's going to be hitting, hitting it long. I say, go look at the career PGA tour money list and tell me who would number three, on the all-time career PGA Tour money list. Do you know who it is?
1: <sighs> Number three. No, I do not.
2: It is Jim Furyk, who has never wow. hit it over 300 yards probably in his life, right? There so know. there are ways to get the ball in. There are tournaments and courses where guys can still survive. But certainly there is a big chase for for distance right now. And you're, as you point out, Ferrari not working all that well. But you know who you know who already uses a 48-inch driver, right?
1: Brooke Henderson
2: in play for years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. She's, and, yes. and
1: more often than not, she chokes down on it.
2: Yeah, she's down to about a 45 inch driver. Right. You're right. right. It's
1: <laughs> All right. On the other side, we're going to take a look at the Zozo Championship. Sherwood Country Club, of course, Tiger Woods, five wins at, at uh, Sherwood, five second place finishes at Sherwood. Opening with a horrible round of 76 on Thursday, but he was 10 shots better yesterday. We'll hear from Tiger. We'll hear from the leader, Justin Thomas. We'll jump into the PGA Tour next. This
0: is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them, and you'll see why. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks.
1: And welcome back to GTC as the PGA Tour
0: is just north of Los Angeles,
1: Sherwood Country Club, Zozo Championship. I don't know, Bob, did you see Wayne Gretzky selling his mansion for the second time this week inside the gates of Sherwood? Did you catch that?
2: Yeah, it's uh listed for twenty two five if you guys want to put a bid in. I gather well, you, I might, figure you might take you... a little less.
1: Yeah, well if you and I and, and, and Adam pool our money, maybe we can bring in Rydell, <laughs> throw his dough in there and uh, you know, maybe get a Canadian discount for Wayne, maybe? Who knows?
2: He, he might <laughs> he might give us the chance to swim in the pool or something for that for that money. It's a pretty nice spot though, I'll say.
1: Uh, Justin Thomas sits on top of this leaderboard with rounds of 65-65, kind of clicking on all cylinders. Good for a one-shot lead over Dylan Fratelli. And Lanto Griffin. Lanto Griffin has played some very uh, good golf, high-quality golf. It seems week in and week out in the last – Several weeks uh, continues to play well here with 66-65, one off the lead. Patrick Cantley playing well again. Scotty Scheffler playing well at 12 under par, two back. Abraham answer, Harris English, Bubba Watson, who is uh, coming off the uh, lowest round uh, he's had in over two years with the 63 yesterday. T. Rell Hatton uh, continues to play well. Of course, uh, won a couple of weeks back on the European tour and threatened at Shadow Creek. Patrick Reed seems to be coming into form just in time for a green jacket run in a few weeks. Tony Finau off the... Of course, forced timeout due to COVID-positive tests at 11-under, along with Kisner and Richie Ruwensky. Tiger well down the board. Tiger, of course, opened with the round to 76, which was just absolutely horrific. You couldn't pick a single positive, really, in that 76 from Tiger. But he bounces back with a uh, round of 66, 10 shots better thursday to friday before we jump into tiger let's hear from our leader justin thomas rounds of 65 65 here's the leader jt yeah
3: i played well I'm, I'm not very pleased with the finish of the last six holes i would have liked to at least got something um uh definitely having a five iron and a five out of the fairway into two par fives and making two pars is not good but um not a great set, par save there on uh, on eight and uh, you know i hit a lot of good shots i just uh just wasn't near as tight and tidy those last last four holes so just try to go work on that a little bit to where uh hopefully it's fixed for the weekend
1: yeah he was seven under par through 12 holes and finished at seven under par so justin thomas although he played exceptionally well kept the card clean was headed in the right direction uh kind of put it in a neutral coming home but he's playing well Okay, Tiger Woods. Bob, I noticed a couple of things from Tiger before we hear from Tiger. Um, three-wood change in the golf bag. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming this is in preparation for Augusta looking for, you know, he played with an M5 three-wood. He's gone to a SIM three-wood, maybe looking for something that he turns over a little bit more right to left. That That's me just being speculative on why a three-wood change now. Um swinging it very slow did you see the swing speed he was down about five miles an hour with the swing speed with the driver on the flip side of that coin on the positive seven iron down yesterday so anything from a seven iron down yesterday he was averaged eight feet proximity to the hole so his short irons yesterday ridiculous Flag them all day what did you take from tiger over the last couple of days
2: Uh, the first day was pretty ugly with the driver. I mean, he, he was, he had a bad case of the rights going, which, you know, as you know, when you, when you're only missing it one way, it's not a, it's not a difficult thing to fix. And he obviously did that, um, for round two. The crazy thing is 10 shots better on the scorecard. He started round two, 12 shots off the lead. You know where he finished up 12 shots off the lead. (laughs) (laughs) There were 20 rounds yesterday of seven under par or better only eight rounds over par and there were 18 bogey free rounds so it's i mean tiger woods round was was so much better on uh on uh friday compared to thursday he looked he looked to me a little bit more in sync he looked to me a little bit more comfortable he still had a couple of hiccups i thought with the short game missed a couple of you know makeable putts and had a couple of funky chips uh but but really so much better from round one to round two
1: now, he has hinted that if he doesn't find the uh, progression that he's looking for, that he might add Houston to the schedule. Does yesterday's round take Houston off the radar, regardless of what he does the rest of the weekend? Or, in your mind, does Tiger need to still keep putting those types of rounds together Saturday, Sunday, for him to put a line through Houston?
2: You know, I don't know what you think, Mark, but here's, here's my take. It's, it's like there's this big balancing act for Tiger do I play Houston and get more reps or do I keep my body in shape for for what's going to happen at Augusta it's Mm -hmm. a tough decision for him because you know we know he can't play a lot of tournaments um, but he probably needs to play a lot of tournaments so he's kind of caught in this quandary I'm, I'm not sure where you are on that
1: well, it's interesting. I want to get into this an hour or two with uh, when we bring in Adam and and just kind of throw around some master stuff, because um, historically speaking, November is a lot colder than April. Uh, right now, the forecast looks good. But if that number drops to where it traditionally lands by the middle of November, it's going to be cold. It could potentially be damp really changes the uh, perspective you have on this year's event. Tiger said yesterday, Bob, to your point, I f- this is a quote, I feel like I haven't played much. Guess what, Tiger? You haven't. Yeah. But that's the balancing act that you're referring to, Bob. And I don't know if anybody really knows the formula or the answer, including Tiger. Okay, before we put a bow on this, let's hear from Tiger Woods after that round of 66.
3: <laughs> play the par fives better. Um, yesterday was uh, not uh, not not very good, and uh, when you got five par fives and uh, basically you can get to every one of them, to play them that many over par yesterday. Uh, you know, I played them better today, and consequently you know, shot 66. I think the it over, just overall, I hit the ball so much better. Uh, yesterday was was not that sharp, and uh, Tay was
2: uh, uh, a lot more sharp and a lot more crisp and clean.
1: Now, you got to keep it in the fairway, Tiger, if you're going to take advantage of the par fives. And, and to Bob's point, I think Bob's uh, point of just missing it that wide off the tee speaks directly to par five scoring. You can be the longest player in the world, but if you can't keep it in play off the tee and give yourself a look, all that distance means nothing on the par fives. We'll see what Tigers got for the final 36. On the other side, we're going to switch gears a bit. A story that may be, uh, might be a little bit more local for Toronto, but if you're listening around the country, this could be a story coming to your neighborhood shortly. So it's not just Toronto-centric. This is something that maybe golf courses, municipal golf courses, are going to have to battle coast-to-coast at one point, or at the very least... Uh, Answer some questions when asked because there is still a stigma in my opinion that is uh, with golf that is completely unfair and completely archaic we'll get into it next regarding City of Toronto golf courses this is Golf Talk Canada
0: this segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade every day more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls Join them, and you'll see why. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks.
1: Well, welcome back to GTC. Lots still to come in Golf Talk Canada. We will do some more Masters talk in Hour 2, as well as start of for the Zozo Championship at Sherwood. We'll do winners, weird and what. We're going to get you caught up on everything Golf Talk Canada, including a heavy-duty Masters schedule as well, coming up for Bob, myself, and Adam uh lots and lots to get to but I'll switch gears a little bit here because if you've been living in the city of Toronto if you're listening to us in the city of Toronto you you do know more than likely by now that there has been a voice at city council about questioning uh about the future and the operation of our uh, municipally run golf courses and and Bob for me this kind of voice Every, it seems to be like every three or four years now, somebody stands up and has a problem with the municipal golf courses. Now, they've had a record year, the municipal golf courses, uh, in terms of participation, uh, just like every other golf course in the province and in the city and more than likely in the country, and for that matter, the continent, because of COVID. One of the few activities you could do from the very beginning of kind of almost when this COVID environment started to now, it's a safe activity. It's get you outside, get you with friends, get you with family. Uh, it was the perfect real COVID activity for lack of a better description. But there's this archaic view still that that drives me nuts. Um, you know, I, I almost want to go down to City Council and have the opportunity to speak and and, and give and give everyone a piece of my. <laughs> I, but I don't know if that's a good thing because you guys will have to bail me out of jail. But, uh, you know, this uh, this it's a white man's rich white man's sport is like the most archaic, incorrect view I have ever heard in in, in 2020, especially when we talk about municipal golf courses, municipal golf courses. But the, the best thing they do is give an opportunity for everybody to access golf at a reasonable price in the city. You don't have to be a member of a country club. Know a person who's a member of a country club. You know, I started when I was seven years old at D'Antonia Park, and we're going to run an interview with uh, Goran Mistravsky, who runs the city golf course, is coming up here momentarily, about my beginnings at D'Antonia and the importance of uh Dentonia Park and and what they're doing uh outside of just regular golf to introduce golf to uh different portions of the community etc. But Bob, you wrote a letter uh to John Tory. Um what have you heard G- give us your version of what's going on and, and and what we're facing as a golf community over the next uh, 24 months?
2: Well, this isn't something that's unique to Toronto. There's uh pressure on on uh, municipal golf courses right across the country, Vancouver, Calgary, Brantford sold one this year, uh, Ottawa. I've, you know, there's, there's all sorts of stories. And essentially, you know, it, in a lot of cases, it comes down to what they call a, f- a financial situation uh, where these, the courses cost money to run. But I, I, I argue and I challenge that by saying, you know, name me a, a municipal uh, recreational facility that really makes money. You know if you had to, if you base it on that, you'd close down every hockey rink, you'd close down every swimming pool uh, in the city and and so there there are great things about golf courses, as you pointed out, and I tried to set the record, not set the record state, I guess, but give my opinion to it because there's a lot of pressure from outside groups um, who I don't think know the whole story about golf uh, to to close these downs there's a uh, a woman by the name of Milana Roberts, who's the chair of Food Secure Canada who is quoted in the star as saying, you know, build a, build a city for the people who live here and not just for the privileged few. Um, you know, the courses are in dense populations with low income neighborhoods that have inadequate access to parks. Well, you know, you can, if you look at the, the course where I first started working, my first job at Scarlet woods as a teenager. And a lot of people forget that the, these golf courses provide a lot of jobs. Um, if you look at where that golf course is, it's basically surrounded by green space all around it. The Humber River uh, sort of valley, I guess you want to call it, just runs right along there. There's all sorts of other places where you can have green space. If you want to challenge uh, golf courses, there are other opportunities you could do. Look what they do over at St. Andrews. You know, Sunday is a day where people come out on the golf course, walk their dogs. It basically turns into a park. So it's not a, it's not a black or white situation. There are lots of things that we can do. And I understand your interview is is sort of deals with that, Mark. But uh, but right now, you know, the, there's a two year, uh, there, there's going to be some public hearings on this. There's a two year extension to the leases for the five golf courses right now. And, uh, and I hope that uh, in that interim, people can kind of straighten out the picture and, and present a, a real, legitimate um, story of what and how important these municipal golf courses are in, in Toronto.
1: And let your voice be heard. If you're listening to us this morning and you think it's important to keep these municipal golf courses open as, as Bob and I do and introduce the game and have the game accessible to everyone who lives in the city of Toronto. And again, a coast to coast with municipal golf courses. Let's not forget what Beth Page Black has done and Tory Pines has done. Municipal municipal golf is important. Let your voice be heard. Reach out. Say something. Write a letter. Exactly. Send an email. Right, Bob? Get involved. So Exactly.
2: We Listen, these, the, these other golf courses, Groups are very vocal, and they are they are trying to change the opinion of what's going on in this city, and unless golfers want to stand up and say, no, these are important to us and important to the city, they're going to win.
1: And, and to your point, Bob, Dentonia Park was my introduction to the game at, at, in the east end of the city as well, surrounded by green space, surrounded by other parkland that runs adjacent to the golf course. So it's not like it's golf or park. There's both. This is, these are politicians that want to hear themselves talk and ch- try to champion a vote to keep their seat warm. Makes me sick to my stomach. Okay. Goran Mitrevsky. He's the gentleman that runs the uh, city courses for the city of Toronto. Uh, I went back to Dentoni. If you want to see our piece, you can go to Golf Talk Canada on Instagram at Golf Talk Canada and see our, our video piece that Adam and I uh, put together a few weeks ago. But here is the interview, the audio portion of uh, my visit back to Dentonia Park, speaking with Goran Mitrevsky. We're at a very special place today Dentonia Park Golf Course in the heart of Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. Why is this so special to yours truly? In 1982, I played my first round of golf as a seven-year-old right here at Dentonia Park Golf Course. And many golfers, many kids get introduced to the game through the city of Toronto golf courses and municipal golf courses across the country. It is so important to the fabric of growing the game of golf. They actually manage five city, uh, five courses, the city of Toronto. Dentonia Park Golf Course, where we are today, Scarlet Woods, where our own Bob Weeks had his first job in the golf industry. Humber Valley, Don Valley, and Tam O'Shanner. They're all wonderful venues. This is a par-3 golf course here at Dentonia Park, and it's really a great spot to introduce your kid to the game of golf. Today we're going to speak with Goran Mitrovsky. He is the golf manager for the city of Toronto. And Goran's going to talk about the importance of not only introducing uh, kids to the game or even any new golfers to the game, but how to come back and rediscover these great golf courses. We're also going to try something a little cool called Fling Golf. Yeah, never heard of it, but apparently it's a very cool and new way to experience the game. Let's go check it out. Let's go talk to Goran this uh, property is so special to me. I played my first round of golf here when I was seven years old. Is that your customer? How many, how many people do you introduce to the game here?
4: You know, Mark, thank you for being here. And we do hear this a lot. So uh, just like you, my first round of golf was here at D'Antonian Park as well. But in my travels throughout the city, I hear this everywhere I go. And anybody who meets me and hears my title, they always have a story of how they started playing golf in one of our courses or they love one of our courses.
1: Well, you know, what was interesting is you and I spoke a little earlier in the month, and you said prior to COVID that
4: the marketing plan for 2020 was going to be rediscover these golf courses. Exactly. So uh, we all have stories of how we've played these courses, we love these courses, but maybe we moved on and played somewhere else. So. I want everyone to come back and see what kind of great shape these courses are in and see how challenging they are you know people don't associate municipal golf courses with being challenging or really high quality ours are that's one of our selling points
1: and let's not forget that uh, beth page black and torrey pines are municipal golf courses in the u.s that have held u.s open uh championships before and we've got some great municipal golf courses right here in toronto i know you obviously you manage five of them okay covid was a success for golf in terms of participation. I know your numbers were up here. Explain uh, what kind of year you've had and how it might've been even better. Obviously you had COVID protocol in place.
4: It was a unique year. So yes, we were up and we have new golfers who've never played golf that attributed to that. And also golf naturally leads to social distancing. So one of the few recreational opportunities that you're allowed to play during COVID. Uh, With the restrictions though, we did lose a tee time every hour. And we've also lost the first hour. We were mandated by Toronto Public Health to disinfect every touch point around the golf course. So we, our first tee time at the beginning of the year was 7 a.m., not 6. So we lost those six or seven tee times in the morning, plus an additional tee time every hour that we were open.
1: Okay, tell us a little bit about the success of that though, because you still had a almost, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, a record year and provided a safe environment for people to come play golf.
4: Yeah, yeah. so. We were basically sold out all year. So from when we first opened in May, May 16th, when the, when the provincial government said we, could, we were allowed to open, we were sold out every day, basically. and You're booking five days in advance. So it, uh, days where people didn't show up, they were automatically filled by people wanting to play. Uh, rounds are up. They were up in, uh, you know, over last year. Um, and again, we attributed to being the only recreational activity that people were allowed to do and new golfers coming into the sport
1: okay before we get to fling golf which is something we're going to try today tell us a little bit about what happens after the closing here i had no idea that this was a 12-month facility are all the golf courses 12-month facilities what happens after the closing day
4: yeah this is something that really people don't know about and we're trying to get the word out more now so our golf courses all five of our golf courses are open 12 months a year so for pa- in the sh- uh, shoulder seasons after the golf course closes to golf you can come out and do passive recreational activities on all, all of our facilities.
1: What, what kind of recreation activities? Are we talking about
4: snowshoeing? What are we talking Exactly. So come out and take a walk on one of our golf courses with your dog, but on leash, please. And uh, you can do snowshoeing, cross-country sl- uh, sledding, or sorry, cross-country skiing, and also sledding with your children. No tobogganing, but if you want to push your kid around with a, with a sled, by all means, come all, out and all do All are it. welcomed. Okay,
1: yeah. speaking of all are welcomed, for someone who doesn't know what Fling Golf is or for someone who's never seen it, describe Fling Golf for someone who is a complete newbie.
4: Okay, so we've introduced Fling Golf at our at four to the five city golf courses, and uh, it took off as a team building exercise. So our niche market, we thought we'd get it with seniors and, and juniors and, and people with uh, disabilities, but actually the niche was corporate team building. But this year with COVID, uh, that hasn't happened, but it's a cross between lacrosse, baseball, hockey, and golf. You use one stick for the entire round, you pitch, putt, and drive with this one stick. All right,
1: and if you've ever played golf before, or if you've never played golf before, can you still play?
4: You can play. Usually the learning curve is about 10 to 15 minutes, And you'll be playing it like straight and uh, and putting and pitching no problem
1: they say the biggest challenge facing the game pre-covid was the time consumed to play around a golf how long does it take to play a fling round versus a regular round
4: here at antonio we can play a fling round in about an hour and a half all 18 holes
1: wow okay so a third of the time half of the time roughly to play around all right probably a third gordon thank you so much for having us absolute pleasure can't wait to come back here in the spring and play some golf with you.
4: Thank you. You're welcome back anytime, Mark.
1: What a special place. Stirring up some ghosts to be back here. Just Remembering my mom or my dad bringing me out here, playing with childhood friends. And what a cool experience to play fling golf. Uh, if you've never played the game of golf before, you want to try something different, or you just want to get out on a golf course, what a cool way to be introduced to the sport. Looking forward to coming back next spring, maybe next summer, getting out them wedges, working on the short game right here at Dentonia Park. Well, that sold out. Every single day, five golf courses across the summer, and there's people that want to shut them down. Give me a break. Pull your head out of your rectum. On the other side, I will put a bow on Hour 1 with Bob, and we will tee up Hour 2. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada.
1: As we wind down hour one, busy hour two, we will talk masters, stardom, em, sitem, winners, weird, and what. Get you caught up on leaderboards from around the world of golf. We'll bring in Adam Scully as well for hour two. Bob, there were some pretty big wins while we were away. Sergio Garcia flags an eight iron on the 72nd hole to kick in range to win with a closing birdie at the Sanderson Farms. Martin Laird with the playoff. The playoff was kind of interesting, and the and it was a sloppy bogey to finish. But the par he made on the seventy first hole at TPC Sun, Sutherland uh, Summerlin, excuse me, was absolutely ridiculous. Jason Kokrak just a dominating performance on the Sunday, going toe to toe with Scott uh, with uh, Xander Shoffley last week at Shadow Creek finally breaking through on, on just a brilliant venue at Shadow Creek. And Tyrrell Hatton on the European Tour to break into the uh, top uh, 10 in the official World Golf Ranking. What win stands out for you, Bob, since we've been away?
2: Um, you know, I like I like that there's a couple of really good stories in there. Jason Kokrak, as you said, with the 200 and whatever it was, starts before he gets his first win. North, Bay's, North Bay, Ontario's own Jason Kokrak, for those who don't know, he was born there. When his mother was visiting some relatives, but uh, doesn't consider himself a Canadian <laughs> at all. But we'll claim him anyway. Uh, but I, I think Sergio's win because I, I sort of felt like Sergio was a little bit lost in the woods for a while there, and he's been playing some really good golf. And I, that that's the one that stands out for me. I don't know about you, but that one sort of stood out for me. I know he's your doppelganger, so it might be a lot of people might think that you won that tournament.
1: <laughs> well i don't know about that the bank count sure doesn't suggest so bob uh yeah no that's the one that stands out as me uh, for me as well uh, a lot of change for sergio in the in the equipment category uh, another guy i don't know if you noticed his driving numbers bob but has found like 20 yards overnight uh other than bryson dechambeau they were putting up sergio's numbers driving numbers at TPC Summerlin against the Shambo's driving numbers, and the was the only guy in the field hitting it further than uh, than Sergio. Sergio was up there with Matt Wolf when it was coming to driving numbers in Vegas, so he's found some distance as well, and putting with his eyes closed and inside ten feet. Unbelievable don't know how he's doing it but inside 10 feet he looks like Ben Crenshaw all of a sudden and uh, maybe a dark horse at Augusta Sergio Garcia and that's a good uh, a great segue because to kick off hour two we're going to welcome in Adam Scully and we're going to have some uh, you know if the Masters was tomorrow what are our thoughts where are we leaning now speaking of the Masters. Uh, We're going to be best of next week, Halloween, best of Halloween weekend for Golf Talk Canada Radio. And then we're going to go live. We're going to kick off Masters Week uh, with a two-hour live radio show Saturday, November 7th. That kicks off Masters Week on TSN and CTV, 8 to 10 a.m., two-hour live radio show Saturday, November the 7th. Then we will have a one-hour live, uh, excuse me, a uh, one-hour brand-new Masters preview show. Uh, for Golf Talk Canada Television that Wednesday. They'll run a couple times on the Wednesday and the Thursday. uh, Golf Talk Canada Masters Preview Show, a 60-minute edition. Then we will go into Masters coverage. We're going to be on the air all morning. I'm going to be in the studio in Toronto as part of the pregame team along with Bob. I believe, Bob, you're going to be on location, are you not? Has that been confirmed yet?
2: It has been confirmed. We we will be there. (laughs) It'll be a different kind of Masters, but, yep, we'll be there.
1: Bob will be on location for all that early round coverage. I'll be in the studio in Toronto as part of the pre-game show. That is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Tons of Masters coverage. And that Saturday morning, Masters Saturday, that is November 14th, Adam Scully and I, with Bob on location, Adam Scully and I will be on from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Golf Talk Canada will be one hour early Master's Saturday so that we can throw to Master's coverage. uh, Golf Talk Canada Radio and we will be broadcasting Golf Talk Canada Radio on TSN2 television that morning as a throw to Master's coverage. One more hour coming up, we will talk Master's. Kicking off hour two. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet.
0: This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to hour one of GTC. The smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back. Hour 2 Golf
1: Talk Canada. We will do Stardom Sinem, Winners Weird and What, leaderboard updates from around the world of golf, and uh, again, get you up to date on our upcoming GTC and Masters schedule. But welcoming in now for our two, Master Producer himself, Mr. Adam Scully. Skulls, it is never too early to talk about the Masters. It seems like the Masters and the Ryder Cup, you can just talk about 12 months a year. It seems like we always do. But before we start getting into some master stuff, and I've got something that I need to throw by you and Bob that I have kind of stumbled across. But before we do, I need your review, your Borat (laughs) 2 review.
3: Well, first of all, boys, um, But uh, I, I got to say I'm sitting here in my maskini and uh, thinking about what I just watched and spent an hour and 40 minutes watching last night. There were definitely, Mark, as you said, in hour one, some laugh out loud moments, some cringe-worthy moments, some moments where hopefully you didn't have a plate of food in front of you. But, uh, Bob, enjoy your viewing tonight, uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing your review next week.
2: Uh, sounds good. By the way, guys, I also wanted to sh- a big, a big shout-out to a good pal of mine, Drake. Today's Drake's birthday. You know, we we might be watching the movie together, but Drake turns uh, 34 today. So there you go.
1: Wow. Well, there you go. 34 years old for Canada's leading spoken word artist. You know, he <laughs> that's
2: grew up my. You th- like up that? In Western, Western like Ontario. that?
1: <laughs> Did he really? Well, Did he? I didn't yeah, know he spent that. Some, oh.
2: Spent some time there anyway. Yeah. All right. Wow.
1: There you go. Okay, boys. Uh, something before we get into some Masters stuff. Well, this is masters related. And I, I want to toss this at you guys because I've been. Uh, working on an essay uh, to Bob's suggestion, uh, Bob gave me a great idea because I was looking to do add one more essay for uh, for Augusta and Bob suggested about, well, maybe there's a topic or maybe there is an idea around, you know, how how or if shorter hitters can now uh, still compete at Augusta. It just got me thinking because, you know, I think. We're probably all leaning, and let's go around the table here before I, I come to this assumption. But my assumption would be, unlike when we were picking U.S. Open or PGA, you know, we all kind of went, oh, you know, Webb Simpson might have a chance. We all kind of liked a, a, a Webb Simpson uh, potentially to win and whatnot. When it can't, when it comes to Augusta, are we all right now? leaning towards a bomber or multiple bombers bob let's start with you like are you is your mind going that way not looking for names not looking for picks but when you're thinking about Augusta and who's going to get the job done are you leaning are you leaning that way more so than the other majors
2: uh yeah i think so you know it's 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 certainly one of the criteria and maybe the most important criteria but it's not going to be the only thing i choose or look at I think there's got to be more to it because I don't know if there's a course that kind of examines you from every angle than more than Augusta National. People talk about it being a second shot golf course. People talk that you need to be really good putting um, but all those things can kind of be helped if you' if you hit it a long way because obviously you can come in closer to the you know you're hitting a wedge into a into a par five uh, and you can put it a lot closer and then you can you can make have a little easier time with your putting. So it's certainly one of them for sure.
1: Well, and, and in that vein, let's not forget, guys. If if the Shambo doesn't putt lights out and is as good as he is, strokes gain around around the green at the U.S. Open, um, he doesn't do what he does, regardless of how far he's hitting it. So you know, to win majors, you can't just be a bomber. I totally get that, Adam. Um, are you though? However, to Bob's point, you know, one of the for, one of the formulas at Augusta certainly maybe near or at the top of everyone's list is take you'll see this line take care of the par fives must do that at augusta right now if uh, if it was starting tomorrow are you leaning towards the longer hitters in the game
3: Yeah, I I mean, longer hitters in the game is certainly a focal point, as Bob was saying. But I'm also curious, because it very likely will be a little colder, it's going to be a little softer. Guys aren't going to hit, I don't think anyway, as many greens as they would generally in April. So you're really going to have to have that strokes gain around the green. A lot of, you know, pitches from just off the green or or bunker shots, or shots shots where you're not going to hit every green in regulation. And that's where I'm looking more at an all-round player. And uh, once we give our picks, you won't be surprised with my pick, because he's had some great results in majors, but still hasn't won uh, his first one just yet.
1: Okay, so this is a great segue of what you suggested there about it being potentially cold. Because... Okay, so I've been poking around for this essay and I stumbled across some interesting numbers and I want your mm-hmm. opinion. So since Tom Fazio went into Augusta in 2002 and started to tiger-proof the golf course, started in 2002, uh, kind of went in again and did it to another six holes in 2006, they've tweaked ever since. It's gotten extremely long. But, but since, 02, since the tiger-proofing commenced, um, we've had four masters champions that you would categorize as the bottom half of driving distance, potentially the bottom third of driving distance, uh, 2003, Mike Weir, our own Mike Weir, 2007, 2008, Zach Johnson and Trevor Immelman, 2016, Danny Willett, uh, 2011 with Charles Schwartzel. He's kind of middle of the road, so I throw him out, because he wasn't in bottom half, he wasn't top half, he was smack dab right in the, winter, in the middle. So let's go with those four that would be below the middle. In The average daily temperature in November is 64 Fahrenheit the average daily temperature when those four champions, those shorter hitters won, is 56 Fahrenheit. So the colder it gets, the more likelihood that a potential shorter hitter wins. Why? Well, logic would suggest, and Tiger Woods hinted on this in his Zozo Championship press conference, that it gets so cold and the ball goes nowhere that not even the longer hitters could take advantage of it. It becomes a putting and pitching contest. So my question to you guys is this. If that's the case, could we potentially see a Webb Simpson or somebody like that this year? Or have we broken through another distance barrier? Have we now gotten to the point again, because guys, where we are this year with Price of the Shambo, Matt Wolf, Sergio Garcia's new distance, Rory chasing distance. Have we broken through another distance barrier? That we are now into another new generation and we can throw out the numbers I just threw at you. And these guys are hitting it so dramatically further this year than they were last year or the year before that those numbers mean nothing. Adam, where are you at with this? Have I touched on something with the cold weather or have we broken through another distance barrier that is going to make these numbers obsolete?
3: Yeah, I, I'm the one thing I'm really curious about, you know, with all these distance numbers is how much of it is going, how relevant is it all going to be at Augusta in three weeks? You know, given how firm the fairways are going to be, given that we're in overseeding season, is, is it going to play relatively soft? How much rollout are you actually going to get on the fairways? I mean, if you're flying at 403 like Bryson is, it really won't matter but yeah i i I really think that you're going to need all facets of your game as always at at the masters but i believe that the colder it is it really brings in everyone where maybe more par fives become three shot par fives if if the wind picks up etc
1: bob have we broken through a distance barrier where those numbers and that math i gave you can be lit on fire or is there still credence to this with an overseed potentially damp potentially very cold that everybody's playing this golf course is a big, long beast.
2: Yeah, I still think, you know, the longer the guys hit it, the, the, the better chance they're going to have in a general sense here. So I think that while those guys won uh, during cold temperatures, which is a fascinating stat, I love that stat, by the way, um, it's, I, I still think that the guys now, compared to when those guys won, are so much longer that they're still going to be able to take advantage of it. I don't think it opens the door all that much more, but going back to the point I made earlier, which is um, you still have to have a a complete through-the-bag game to win at Augusta National. You can't just be long, but I still think those guys will have an advantage.
1: Okay, I don't want to jump into this too much because we will be doing this on November 7th with a Masters draft as part of our Masters two-hour preview Saturday morning radio on November 7th. But right now, uh, give me a favorite and a dark horse. I'm going to put Bryson, guys, still as the favorite. He has proven to me that every time he puts the ball on the ground, he has a chance to win. I don't expect that to be any different this time around. I expect him to have a chance to win again. I will put him as the favorite. My dark horse, Matt Wolf. Uh, he's had a couple of rough weeks, but previous to the last couple of weeks, he has played some very consistent golf. The st- he, he proved at the U.S. Open that, he, that the stage itself does not uh, scare him, uh, the big stage of a major like he did at the U.S. Open. I think he's going to have some wiggle room at Augusta more so than he had at uh, winged foot. So right now, just off the top of my head, I'm going favorite Bryson, my dark horse, Matt Wolf, Bob, favorite dark horse right now if it started tomorrow
2: you know favorite is a guy that it's hard to believe he's a little under the radar but it's the number one golfer in the world and dustin johnson i still think uh he's got such a complete game now we'll see what happens after he comes back from this little break but you know he's been inside the top 10 in his last four starts tied for second last year in that three-way tie for second uh last year behind tiger woods so i i still think man dustin johnson is uh is, is a guy to to watch out for, and if you're going to go for a little bit of a sleeper, I mean, it's hard to pick sleepers when they're in the top twenty in the world, but uh, but I like Patrick Cantley. I think going back to what I said before, he he shows at times that he has that complete through the bag game, tied for tenth or tied for ninth last year, so he's a, he's a guy I think that uh, to keep an eye on.
1: Uh, Adam. Starts tomorrow. I'm asking you for your pick right now. If it started tomorrow, give me your, uh, give me your favorite and give me the guy you're looking at that, uh, that maybe wouldn't pop to the top of everybody's uh, radar.
3: Yeah, if it started tomorrow, another player who was in that three-way tie for second behind Tiger Woods last year, Xander Shoffley. 13 majors played, seven top tens. Uh, that runner-up finish last year at Augusta despite an opening round of 73. I really like Xander Shoffley. As a dark horse, Again, it's it's hard to call this guy a dark horse per se. He's won the tournament twice, but Bubba Watson, he's playing some great golf. Top 12 finishes at Augusta of the last two years. He's rounding into form, that T7 last week at CJ Cup. Obviously, the round he had yesterday, Bubba Watson can be a good dark horse pick as well if you're looking for some value.
1: Yeah, two-time champion uh, seems to be getting it the right spot. New driver in the bag with his name across the top. Uh, curious thing, guys, as well, on the Xander Shoffley pick for Adam, if a bomber isn't going to win and it is going to be somebody else that kind of checks those other boxes, who's leading the PGA Tour right now in strokes gained around the green? Xander Shoffley. Hmm. Okay, guys, on the other side, start him, sit em for the final 36 at the Zozo. We'll do it next, this. Here's Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks.
1: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. TSN Edge launched a few weeks back. It is your home for all your fantasy needs. That's tsn.ca backslash edge. Uh, we've been doing a lot of hits for TSN Edge Weekly. For the Masters, we are going to continue our TSN Edge hits, but we're also going to add additional hits for featured group coverage each day at TSN Edge. So look forward to that Masters Week. Of course, Masters Week, we tune everything up. Zozo Championship at Sherwood is the PGA Tour stop this week as the Asian Swing continues on U.S. soil uh, due to obvious uh, travel restrictions during the pandemic they were able to save two of the three asian swing events tiger woods your defending champion here at sherwood justin thomas right now your leader 14 under par good for a one-shot lead over cantley griffin fratelli uh sorry griffin and fratelli at 13 under under cantley and uh, scotty scheffler at 12 under and then a host of players at 11 lots of golf to go here adam who are you starting in the final six and why? Who's got a chance to move up this leaderboard over the weekend?
3: Well, boys, heading into the week, I really liked Harris English. I picked him in our TSN Edshead. I am sticking with Harris English for the weekend. Uh, despite being one of the worst players in the field thus far, Strokes again, approached the green. He's only three shots off the lead. Second around the green. Fourth in putting this week, of course, had that great finish. The U.S. Open, a solo fourth, despite losing his golf ball in the first hole. One of the strangest things I've ever seen uh, on a telecast, for sure. Came 10th at the CJ Cup last week, despite an opening three over 75. 14th in strokes gain total uh, this season so far. I really like Harris English to uh, make some noise for the final 36 holes. Bob, who do you like?
2: Uh, I got Patrick Reed. You know, uh, he's a guy who's played pretty well re- recently, made eight straight cuts. He is also happens to be the fifth in final round scoring, which uh, bodes well for, for if he can get himself in contention on Sunday. And he's second right now in putting average. So I think this could come down to being a putting contest the way they're going out there. So Patrick Reed's my pick to, to move forward and uh, have a nice weekend.
1: I'm going to stick with my pick, Bob. I, you know, uh, I had, you know, we all give Tiger? three picks. Well, no, we all give three picks. Uh, <laughs> Phil? I was just going to say, we all give three picks at the, at the start of the week for TSN Edge, and I was completely off base with two of them. And the reason I kind of went with Tiger and Phil this week, I'll give you my logic behind getting or picking the two kind of, uh old veterans was a Tigers got five wins and five second places at Sherwood and you don't really need to hit your driver at Sherwood. It's not, it's not a ballpark where it's a driver's golf course. It's an iron play golf course, and who gets hot with the putters? So I thought, well, if Tiger's going to do anything on a golf course, it's going to be a golf course where you necessarily don't have to be great with the driver. I went with him here because of his history. And Phil, coming off his big win on the Champions Tour, I've always been, even though I know the Champions Tour is a very different circuit, I've always been a believer that weeding winning breeds winning, And losing breeds losing. And Phil seems to win every time now he goes out there and picking up confidence. Well, those two things didn't happen. But my other pick, my favorite this week, was Justin Thomas. Because I thought Justin Thomas caught some momentum last week at Shadow Creek. Uh, I also think that right now, with the exception of Bryson DeChambeau, and with the exception of DJ, because to Bob's point in the previous segment, We really don't know where DJ is right now with world number one because he's been forced to take some time off with the other players that are at the top names in the world. They're not playing great right now. You know, John Rahm, uh, not that he's completely lost in the wilderness, but he's certainly fighting it and showing it on the golf course. He's showing a lot of kind of that negative frustration that we've seen over the years from Rahm. And he's, you know, in a bad place this week. Rory McIlroy, club over the knee. Lost in the will. I think Rory's lost, guys. Okay. Uh, Kepka, maybe still not healthy, not looking good. So the best players in the world are not playing well, with the exception of Bryson and with the exception of maybe Justin Thomas. Thus, the reason I went with Justin Thomas this week he sits atop of the leaderboard, he's 14 under par. He still hasn't had a round where he's made everything. His putting's been good, but not lights out. We can still do better with the flat stick. We can still do better around the greens. I'm sticking with JT. Why Why leave the horse now? I'll start Justin Thomas for the final 36. Okay, Adam, who are you sitting?
3: Yeah, good point there about Justin Thomas. And when he has a 36-hole lead, his track record is pretty darn good. Okay, on the sit him side of things, I'm going to Tony Finau, the opposite of Harris English. He's excelling with his irons, not great with the flat stick that's been his Achilles heel throughout his career, really. But most importantly, and and it, it sounds like Tony Finau is feeling better, but he did obviously have COVID-19. He said after his round on Friday that he still didn't have a taste, uh, a sense of taste or smell. So I just don't see, I'm sure he's, he might be a little fatigued still. He might be a little tired. I just don't see him playing another... Th- good 36 final holes it might be kind of a weird reason but for that i just don't think tony fiano is going to be in the mix come sunday bob who do you have
2: uh well first you know to to, to defend mark with the, his picks of tiger and <laughs> phil i should say i should point out that if we if, if everyone went back and looked over our picks over the last uh couple of months we might also all have a couple of glaring ones that oh, yeah. stand out oh, yeah. even though we are the experts <laughs> but uh as someone said, it's uh, it's it's like trying to pick a a winner out of a horse race with 144 horses in it. Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to sit Lanto Griffin, and uh, based on the fact that he's he's actually played two brilliant rounds, 66, 65, but he's, his uh, third round scoring average, he ranks a hundredth, so mm. that's not a good omen going into a Saturday on a uh, on a day when there's lots of people going low. So for for that sole reason, uh, I'm just going to sit Lanto.
1: Bob, I think that's a smart pick. I was with Lanto last week on the Saturday of the CJ Cup, and he did exactly what he did this week, uh, which was string two good rounds together, to your point. And on Saturday, the hole went away. I mean, the hole actually shrunk on Lanto Griffin. So uh, I don't know what's in the water there, but I think you've hit the nail on something for third round scoring for Lanto Griffin. Uh, I'm going to sit Dylan Fratelli, guys. So Bob and I both taken the two players that are currently in second, and we're both putting them on the pines. For Dylan Fratelli, it's a very simple uh, formula as to why I'm doing this. Like, Bob, there was just one uh, thing or two things that jumped out at me that I didn't like, and for me it's easy. He only hit six fairways yesterday but made over a 100 feet of putts. That's a dangerous formula. Hit it sideways, but I'll just make everything that doesn't add up if you're going to ride the hot putter that's one thing because once in a while you're going to run into a round or a stretch of holes over four rounds of golf where you don't make everything that's just the game of golf you can't make everything for four days in a row i've only seen that once or twice in my entire life uh so it's important that when you do get that round where you don't make everything that at least you're putting the ball in the fairway and at least you're putting the ball on the green He's not doing that, so when the putter gets cold, either today or tomorrow for Fratelli, that round's going to make him go on the wrong direction on this leaderboard. I'm going to sit Dylan Fratelli, who's currently one shot off the lead. All right, boys, on the other side, my favorite time of the show. We've had three weeks off. Where will we go with three dub winners, weird and what? We will find out next. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks.
1: Welcome back to GTC as we bring you a brand new live show here on a Saturday in October. Next week will be pre-recorded. Then we will jump into our master schedule, which is heavy duty. We'll get you caught up on that coming up on the other side. But now it is our favorite time of the show. Three dub winners, weird and what? And C this week, the teaser is yours.
4: So so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun!
1: Look, it went further than your ball.
2: All right, guys, my, uh, my winner this week is uh, the USGA. Mark, you'd like that, what? right? Wow.
1: Oh, geez, oh, I can't wow. wait to hear more. <laughs> yeah. So if you
2: follow the Club Pro guy on Twitter you might you probably know he have it's a great parody uh, Twitter account and he is supposedly this club pro at a a dodgy little course and he played himself played in the final of the Thursday night men's league and uh, recounted the whole story about how he was playing against a guy Stan Perry whose uh, granddaughter was with him in the cart and whose granddaughter jumped into one of the bunkers when he was about to hit a shot uh, so, so club pro guy said, well, that's a penalty. You know, you're testing the soil, testing the, the, the ground <laughs> with the, your granddaughter. And also the fact that his granddaughter had a little plastic club, which he stuffed into her grandfather's bag and that cost him another hole as well. So it was a fun little parody of a, of a, a club match final, but the USGA responded with an <laughs> official ruling on the, really? on the whole thing. They sent him a letter and uh, it's very funny and it's, it actually agrees with him. It says, yes. Those were two loss of holes. That's the way it should have been. But at the end, it said that uh, uh, we, uh, we think that you're basically... Uh, it's, we, we, we wanted to express our distaste for your conduct in this match. <laughs> and, the, and the rules official says, In my entire 26-year tenure with the USGA, I have never been confronted with this level of pettiness and poor sportsmanship. You are an embarrassment to your profession and a stain on the game that we all love, <laughs> which is <laughs> equally in parody. So... If you want to go and find it, uh, just go and look for a club pro guy. I thought that was a uh, was a
3: real good one. That's good.
2: Uh and my uh my weird this week is did you guys see the shank that John Rom oh, hit? Oh
3: yeah. Oh. Oh.
2: Now he's hit a couple of these before. And I was mm-hmm. trying to think and I'm going to put this out to you, which PGA Tour professional do Ooh. you think shanks the ball more than others and it's, it's a, i'm amazed that you see this quite often on the pga tour but this one by by rom was a pretty good one but who would you say mark who would you say shanks it more than anyone
1: off the top of my head and i haven't seen one in a long time but uh if we go back about 10 years ago he was good for a, a good one or two violent ones a year i would i, I remember ian Poulter with a few exactly. bob you, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, that's the first
3: name that comes to mind for sure
2: <laughs> scully would you you agree with that one
3: yeah, Poulter or Webb Simpson's hit a couple of beauty hosels. I mean, the Ryder Cup in twenty twelve, yes, the part I remember three. that. He screamed one way right, but Bob, that shank by John Rahm, he also had one last year on the eighth hole at Augusta National. Remember that?
2: That's right. That's right. That's right. He's had a he's had a couple of dandies out there, and uh, just goes to show you that everyone is <laughs> uh, is vulnerable to the yep. dreaded shank. Yep. Uh, and my what this week is uh, what is it that Brooke Henderson can't do? Is there anything she can't do? So she's been sitting at home, taking a little bit of time off, and she decided she would take something up that would would help her. You know, maybe with her with her game. She she learned how to juggle, and she put up a, a video of her on her uh, Instagram account and on her her Twitter account of her juggling, and it's again flawless. And so I have challenged her. She's only juggling with three go- three balls, mind you. But I said. I expect by the U.S. Open that you should be having four balls in the air at the same time. So, uh, another, Of course, one of them feathering.
1: on fire, too, Bob. One of those golf <laughs> yes, balls should be on fire.
2: That's right. right. That's right. The flaming, uh, the flaming torches. <laughs> that'll be next in her itinerary. So, uh, so there you go. That's my uh, winner's weird and what, and I've lost who's next. I'm sorry. Uh,
1: I believe the tea is Mark. mine.
2: Okay, Mark. You go ahead. Let us know what's happening.
0: I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want
4: answers! I want the truth!
0: You can't handle the truth!
1: My winner, guys, is uh, our lefty duel duel last week on the Champions Tour. Mike Weir, with a chance to win leading into Sunday, goes toe-to-toe with Phil Mickelson. How fantastic is the Champions Tour? Eventually, Phil goes on to win his... First two events on the Champions Tour, but to see Weir with a chance to win, to see the names on the leaderboard uh of of Mickelson and 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 Els and Weir and Longer still playing well. Bob, Champions Tours got a real punch in the arm and some star power. I think when we get on the other side of COVID, this could be a real bump for the Champions Tour.
2: It's a, it's a great class of guys who went through this year, you know, with uh, Weir and Ells and Jim Furyk and Phil Mickelson. And as Phil pointed out, these guys have been playing against each other since college days. Mm-hmm. And the inter- most interesting thing about that, the third time in the history of the PGA Tour or any PGA Tour sanctioned event that lefties have finished 1-2. I would have thought that would have been the first one, no doubt, but they said it's happened twice before.
1: Well, there you go, Bubba Watson and Bob Charles, apparently, at some point. (laughs) My weird this week, uh, you know, last couple weeks, guys, I worked uh, the Las Vegas double dip for PGA Tour Radio. The first of those two weeks was TPC Summerlin for uh, the Shriners for Hospitals Children Open. Did you see the finish for Martin Laird? It was one of the best pars I have ever seen on the 71st hole, that very difficult par 3 that, uh, if you remember a few years back, Jonathan Bird had an ace and a playoff to win. So that's that hole's got some history. But Martin Laird, with the, I guess, the block swing of the, of the season so far, with the water left on that par three, he hits it 30, 40 yards right, chips it underneath the trees, squibs it onto the green, knocks in a 20-footer for par. We think the whole thing's over. And he gags it on the 70-second hole with a horrible bogey, only to win it in a playoff for Martin Laird. Adam, did you see the finish I'm referring to? If so, how good's the par on the 17th, and how pathetic is the bogey on 72nd hole?
3: You know what? That final round for Martin Laird was an absolute roller coaster. How about the bunker shot he hit plugged yes. in the exactly. lip? He looked dead. Yes. Like it almost looked like he was gonna take an unplayable lie. What's he do? He sort of yes. he slaps at it. Rolls in like a putt. What a victory for Martin Laird, his first win in a number of years. That was one of the great finishes during this fall stretch.
1: All right. My unique, uh, my what this uh, week is what a unique spot, Shadow Creek. I don't know if you uh, gentlemen ever had a chance to to be there on property. I've actually had the opportunity to to play Shadow Creek a couple Mm. times uh, on my previous ventures. But uh, working it this past week, four days around Shadow Creek for PGA Tour Radio it's a very unique and special spot. You know, Tom Fazio hired uh, by uh, by uh, the Wind Group there to uh, to build uh, a high roller exclusive property that he didn't want to feel was in the desert. And when you walk around that golf course, without the mountains, guys, you'd swear to God you're in Georgia. You'd swear to God you're in North Carolina. It doesn't look like the desert. Nothing is out of place. It is, it's very... Similar to walking around Augusta National in the sense that the greens are perfect. uh, The cuts are perfect. Uh, I mean, it is Disneyland for golf. Uh, I I felt like I was waiting for It's a Small World after all to start (laughs) playing in my head walking around there. The players absolutely loved it. Uh, Rory McIlroy said, I wish we could come play here every year. And he wasn't the only one that said that impossible to get galleries around that golf course so i truly believe from a pga tour perspective this is a one-off unless somebody like the mgm group decided we want to be a part of the pga tour annually and we're going to do like a vip thing only where we're not going to have galleries to the to that extent etc because it, it is one of the tightest pieces of property to navigate your way around in terms of radio tv people so you could never have like a full-blown tour event there but what a special spot and if you're out there listening and you're making your way to vegas in the next year or two and you want to play golf uh it's a it's it's a little bit pricey a little hard to get on but if you can do it and treat it more like a pebble beach type of thing where it's something you might do once in your life it is well worth it all right adam winner's weird and what sir the tea is yours
3: yeah well I, I had the coffee i gotta activate the calves and i gotta step on one here. <laughs> come on baby that's what i'm gonna do today hit bombs and attack the pin well gents for the last couple of years we've seen some professional golfers excel on social media phil mickelson one of them lee westwood's pretty good ian poulter as well but how about max max homa i should say as well but how about joel damon he has been a social media all-star him and his caddy Gino Benelli before teeing off on Thursday Benelli tweeted out this is probably six years late but I'm going to start publishing one quote from Joel Damon after every round we play could be funny might be sad it also will be real his quote after round one from Damon this is what Damon said on the golf course and I quote I'm quoting him here if a normal person saw me play right now there's no way they would believe I'm a professional golfer so (laughs) so there's my first part of of my winner with Joel Damon then Damon tweets out this inspirational video with the Rocky soundtrack with the caption, the quest for 170, implying his ball speed getting it up to 170 <laughs> miles per hour. Bryson's was only 211 miles per hour. And then as you guys see yesterday, 15th hole, there's a smattering of fans standing by one of the homes there at Sherwood. He makes probably a 20 foot putt and yells, are you not entertained Bob for me, Joel Damon, an overall winner this week.
2: He's been a great character the whole time. All I mean for his entire career. Uh I liked when some guy said to him, Don't you think you can uh, you can become like a, a top ten golfer in the world? He says, No, not a chance. I don't hit it far enough. <laughs> <laughs> just, just just boom. Okay, well, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's yeah, I- great
3: and boys it's it's funny you know looking at damon's quest for 170 and bryson hitting 211 miles per hour on that 403 yard carry as you guys know i like to try to hit bombs and when i was getting fit for new irons that taylor made a couple weeks ago i hit some drivers i wanted to just uh, see my settings and without i wasn't going after it i should say but my ball speed got up to 168 so i'm trailing bryson by a lot so mark i know i'll be uh, pumping the protein shakes in and I'll be about 260 pounds by uh, GTC next year. What do you think (laughs) about that? (laughs) Not good. Um, My weird this week, Rory McIlroy. So we discussed this a little bit, but the club snap on Thursday. He got an awful break off the tee on the 18th pole. His tee shot way right. His ball bounced back what seemed to be about 60 yards. Hit a shot onto the fairway and then a pretty mediocre wedge. And he snapped the club and Every once in a while, these these tour guys get really PO'd and, and they, they lose it. But it was the way that McElroy snapped the club. He didn't do over the knee like Patrick Reed a couple of years ago at Pebble Beach. He sort of leaned on the club and it sort of snapped in two. And we've seen Rory have some unique circumstances with golf clubs. We remember the 2015 WGC uh, Cadillac Championship at Doral when he frisbeed his four iron about 80 yards into the water at the 2016 open championship when he he threw his three wood over his shoulder and it actually broke the shaft and the head almost like a hockey stick breaks right where where the shaft and the the club head meet so mcelroy really has some unique ways of breaking clubs doesn't he mark
1: yeah i was there in uh, at Doral in 2015 adam i was working pga tour radio that was my first year on the play-by-play team mm. and i was there for that and and, uh, uh, president Trump at the time, uh, who, you know, obviously he wasn't president. He was about to run. He, uh, he put one of his divers in that pond to retrieve the golf club for Rory. I remember that. And, you know, I've broken a club once in my life. Uh, I felt so embarrassed for doing it after the fact I've never done it again. It's such a stupid thing to do. I love Rory. I love his honesty. I love how transparent he is. But his history with breaking, tossing, et cetera, too much for me. I I wish he'd quit it, and I hope he doesn't learn the hard way because I don't want to sound like an old man waving his finger at a bunch of kids right now. But I tell you, I have seen people hurt themselves accidentally breaking clubs and it is not pretty when you cut something you're not intending to cut with a broken shaft, etc. Not advisable. I like the soft helicopter toss to an open part of the golf course. That is my new old man uh, frustration move.
3: Okay, okay, I like that. Actually, when uh, when my dad plays uh, and starts to get starts to lose it a little bit, he he, he just starts to whistle. So I I think everyone just start whistling <laughs> instead of uh, throwing right. like clubs. Uh, anyway, my my what this week. So Jordan Spieth has his father on the bag caddying this week, his usual looper, Michael Greller's with his family after the death of his mother. But after Spieth's opening round, he was asked by the media how dad did on the bag as a caddy after his first round. Let's hear the audio. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny. Um, he he did the old no no on our like fourth hole today on 13. I I'm stepping into the ball. He goes just don't overdo it. And I'm like I, I step back, step back in. I'm like dad. You know there's only really like one or two things you you just can't do, and that's just just don't say not to hit it somewhere while I'm stepping into the shot. And he goes well you know you you did it on number 11, so I didn't want you to do it on 13. I'm like and uh, I didn't overdo it. That's awesome. From, from a That's guy like brilliant. Jordan Spieth, too, who has, you know, he took, what, 20 seconds over the golf ball on the first tee shot at the U.S. Open with a trillion thoughts in his mind. It looks like his game is turning a corner now, which is awesome, with Augusta just a few weeks away. He could maybe be a dark horse pick to slide in there, given his history at Augusta National. But uh, you guys know the old secret. If you're playing against someone and maybe getting their head a bit, say, you know, there's OB left here, the water's on the right, and Spieth's father and caddy for the the week was almost doing that to his son that's some pretty funny stuff
1: yeah they say that's one of the the, the, the key differences in, in the game's best players and the rest of us they don't get up on the tee and they're Their eye and their mind doesn't say, don't hit it there. Their mind's eye and their thoughts say, hit it there. So just the language and the way you look at it. And and, uh, Adam, going back to your uh, winner with Joel Damon saying, if anybody saw me right now, they wouldn't think I'm a professional golfer. Bob, you know, that reminds me of one of my favorite Hogan quotes. Hogan said, if he didn't hit golf balls one day, he noticed it. If he didn't hit golf balls for two days, his caddy noticed it. And if he didn't hit golf balls for three days... Everybody noticed it. So Joel Damon, <laughs> if that's Hogan, what you know, Joel Damon shouldn't be so hard on himself. So <laughs> exactly. On the other side, we will get caught up on leaderboard updates from around the world of golf and our Golf Talk Canada and master schedule for TSN. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC, presented by smartgolfdeals.com, was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. All right, let's
1: quickly get you caught up on leaderboards from around the world of golf. LPGA Tour Drive-On Championship there in Reynolds Plantation in uh, Georgia. Allie McDonald, she is your leader, 10 under par. Elena Sharp in this one, playing well, 5 under. She's 5 off the pace. European Tour there in Italy for the Italian Open. And most of these players, most of the best European tour players in the world, are already on U.S. soil getting ready for the Masters. Laurie Cantor is your leader at this one. 17 under par, one-shot lead over Ross McGowan. Of course, the winner of the Italian Open, lifetime supply of prosciutto. Who doesn't want to win that? Zozo Championship <laughs> at Sherwood on the PGA Tour. Justin Thomas, 14 under par, good for a one-shot lead over Dylan Fratelli. Lanto Griffin at 13 under. Host of players at 11, Cantley and Scheffler 12 tiger a bounce back fridays 10 shots better than his thursday with the 66 on friday okay boys temperatures not looking good um we got lots of work coming up for the masters i gotta be honest with you my golf season likely over uh for canadian soil for sure um I, I, I've been on a big diet. I, I, I took those 10 pounds off Bob that you and I were talking about a few weeks ago. Nice. Uh, yeah, I got them off back down to one hundred and fifty. but now I need to hit the, now I need to hit the weights a bit in the speed training because, uh, 10 pounds in a short period period of time to, to Adam's point, you, you can lose some speed. So I think I'm going to spend the next couple of months just trying to get my speed back up. Um, if the golf season's over for you guys, what will you remember? Is there a moment, or what will, what will you remember of this golf season when you look back? Bob?
2: Uh, well, yesterday was such a great day, 23 degrees. I got, uh, we had a little uh, Masters pre-tournament with uh, Duffy and Puffy and Jamie Rydell up at uh, Coppinwood. And I walked oh. off there thinking that that would probably be the last day for me, because I'm not big on playing when it's six degrees out. So I was sort of thinking, you know, I played more golf this year than I have ever played in my life, at least that I can remember, maybe since I was since I started working full time, let's say, Mm -hmm. and I started off playing great and then played terrible and I continue to play terrible. (laughs) But I got so into trying to fix my game more so than I've ever done, took lessons, was on the range a whole bunch of times. and, And I think that's what I'll remember is just a commitment to trying to play more and better golf.
1: Adam, for you, is it over, and what do you remember? About a minute left. Well, for
3: me, I, I, I'm currently on the T-sheet in, in, in about four hours, so we'll see. It's uh, looking about six or seven degrees, feeling a lot cooler. But, I, you know, for us, when we were all locked down in, in March and April – You know, it was a thought of, is the golf season ever going to start? And once it started, golf was an overwhelming winner. It was amazing to get out. It was amazing to see the growth of the game in the GTA. On a personal level, my game reached a new high this year, five rounds under par. I could have never dreamed of doing that. Looking forward to next year already. And Mark, looking forward to helping you with some speed training and getting absolutely (laughs) swole this (laughs) offseason.
1: There you go. I'm with Bob, though, on the cold weather. I'm I'm kind of overplayed um played a ton like bob this year i'm a little overplayed so i'm okay putting them away in the cold weather and getting the body healthy and getting the speed training up like adam was saying and maybe hitting some weights which i haven't really hit weights in decades so that'll be interesting to see if that does anything uh for me guys uh other than just being a bizarre year The things that'll pop out for me, I had my first ever career albatross and I had a COVID ace uh, two weeks after where the ball hit the (sighs) stick, went into the cup and popped out because we use the lids at the Toronto Hunt to prevent the ball from falling to the bottom. So just a bizarre year. But I will say this, guys, thank God for golf in -hmm. the year of COVID. Thank God for the sport from a recreational standpoint and a television product standpoint. Thank God for golf. You guys have a great weekend. We'll talk you to you too. throughout the week as we get ready for Masters coverage. Thank you so much for listening. If you are going out to impl- uh, to play, try and enjoy your last few rounds. And uh, we really appreciate you tuning in this morning. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening.
0: Woo! This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport.